0: All right, recording is started. So hello, everybody, and welcome. If you are watching us on YouTube, just a heads up, this episode is very likely to be censored. So go and check out the full video episode on Rumble. The link is in the description box of this video for whenever I cut it off. I can't promise you when that will be. Uh, If you're audio only, yeah. (laughs) If you're audio only, you are straight. so my name is Testimona. This is the Great Silencing Podcast with Testamona, and we are doing a swap cast today. With me is the Recovering Liberal, and
1: I will let her introduce herself. Hey, I'm Tamra. I'm the Recovering Liberal. I live here in Nashville. Uh, know you from? Uh, can we say what kind of crowd? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I should do it. Yeah, we know each other through recovery circles, both sober and clean. And I have two little girls here in Nashville, so I'm one of those like boring. Stay at home long time. The <laughs> guy, you know, in her spare time runs a business and records podcasts and stuff like that. So,
0: thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, dude, thanks for being here. So, and thanks for doing like as much research as you did, too. Thanks like, for being before. in my world. Yeah, like, <laughs> so it took fucking crazy one,
1: but yeah, we, we were doing this shit. So, when we find each other, I mean, I swear to God, the first time we met, i know oh, that then, was what, like 20 minutes we were like oh god thank god
0: i know <laughs> <laughs> you're somebody can i can like be myself around yeah,
1: oh, yeah yeah you're not
0: one of like the screeching people from the tv yeah so that was that was amazing so yeah when we met like we did not know that the other one did any kind of podcast or content nor did we know that like we were you know based and like thought like yeah. about the same shit. by the way hold up you guys i'm so sorry i'm turning that off she had quit nicotine
1: and I was in the process. I had just quit nicotine too and needed some support.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we met uh, because
1: I was quit quitting vaping and that's you know what we knew about each other basically. And then we left like an hour later and we were like, holy shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it turns out there's a whole hell of a lot more in common. So we did that and then literally five days later, I think is when the shooting happened at that school in Nashville. Which is, like, not far off. I was, like, a mile down the fucking road when that shit happened. Like, not, like, in the moment of, but I was, like, what is going on? What the fuck is going on? And then I found out. So,
1: I don't know if I told you this. My husband's daughter went to, his oldest daughter went to school there. Oh, shit. K really? uh, through sixth grade. Uh-huh. And um, I am in a mom's group or a couple mom's groups and several moms had kids or knew someone with kids who went to school there. So whoa talk about hitting close to home yeah yeah. a couple moms mm-hmm. in our groups had friends they're out of town had friends calling saying we think it's at your kid's school and it wasn't so just a lot of people really close to me with like the most terrifying moments of their
0: life yeah that's so much worse to me than like be, being in a situation like that myself Is the thought of having a child and then getting that phone call of like your kid's school got shot up I cannot think of anything worse than that. I honestly, I think, I think it's
1: why it's so triggering for so many people too. Is you hear kids, and it's impossible
0: to not imagine your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't blame anybody who is um, pulling their kids out of fucking school right now. So, so we basically we decided to come together and talk about uh, the the topic of guns and of gun control and. If you don't know us, uh, if, you, if you know us, you, you probably know what we think, but if you don't know us, you are not going to be able to like peg us for either side because we are not part of either side. So we want to briefly like break that down before we jump into the topic of guns and. Um, You know, the pros and cons and then just the the idea of gun control in general and like why we think that way because what I'm seeing happening and I think you probably see the same shit is people see what's on the news and depending on where they go for their news, they get served up this narrative and anybody who doesn't 100% check every box of also agreeing with that narrative must immediately be the other boogeyman that the news has also prescribed for them and i've experienced this just living in nashville with having out of town people call me and their idea of what is going on in nashville is like so fucking inaccurate and you try to tell them that and they like they lose their fucking mind i'm like the the audacity of calling somebody who lives and works in a city that they've never even been to and being like no i'm going to tell you what it's like, where you yeah. are right now, right now, your life right now, I'm telling you everything because my TV told me. Yeah. And this is a fucking concerning problem. And there's, there's a lot of shit that we're concerned with. So that's what we're speaking on it. But um, well, I think even more, I mean, even more problematic
1: to me and disturbing isn't, isn't just the people buying what they hear on the news. It's the assumptions they make about the morality and the character of that, like Characterization of the other side. I'll give you an example because I know we're gonna get into kind of just to set the groundwork here, like why you and I both, for our own reasons, left liberalism mm-hmm. as like an indoctrinated like identity. <laughs> um, or at least it was for me, but you know, how you still follow a lot of the same people, you know, for a while that you were following before and then you're seeing it in a new light. Well, there was somebody that I followed for a long time who seems like a really like reasoned person um, posted, not after this one, but after Uvalde and she's since posted, I've I've seen it everywhere, but it was something to the effect of we're here because you people care about the second amendment more than you care about second graders. And so I just, just if we could start there and like how fucking egotistical, like how arrogant do you have to be to really believe That if people disagree with you on the issues of gun control in any way, shape or form, that they must care more about an inanimate object than they care about children's lives. So I'm here today for this conversation in particular, owning the fact that I am a mother and because I am a mother, I got my first gun because I carry my kids with me everywhere. I was in one scary situation and that's all it took for me to learn how to shed my liberal ideology around guns. And go get armed. Um, so I'm here to tell you, like, unfortunately, like if you're if you're part of that group of people who thinks that if somebody thinks something different than you do, they must be like racist, extremist, right wing, MAGA Republicans who hate everybody and love their guns, they go to sleep with their guns and they just love their guns. That's not <laughs> That's not, maybe you go,
0: I don't know. But, no, no, that's a, that's a
1: great way to have an accident happen. But no, <laughs> like we're, we're people with children, we're parents, where um, people who a lot of times don't subscribe to any one political ideology, and we think it's all theater, <laughs> like, and we'll get into our stories. But I mean, I think that that's the thing that bothers me most about this. I'm not here under any illusion that like us doing a podcast is going to change new minds like that to me isn't even my goal my goal is just to tell there's a fucking human on the other side of what you believe. And they're a human who just like you has values. They're a human who just like you wants to see their kids grow up and thrive and live a good life. They're humans who just like you are trying to create some kind of life that fits them that like we have the same values and to assume that for the most part, at least, but to assume that the person on the other side of your opinion is less than as a moral upstanding person with character is just totally false.
0: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a shit show and we've seen this happen a lot, but we'll just try to keep it just focused on this issue for now. Um, but yeah, the the thought that first off our our public discourse has devolved tremendously and we have, you know, social media by and large to thank for that because how much are you going to be able to understand a person where they're coming from and who they are by the comment section, which are always extremely unhinged. You also are able to really think properly. I don't think anyone's using all of their brain on those apps, uh, myself included. Sure. Um, you cannot hear vocal tones, inflections, body language, like nothing, nothing. So yeah, we are going to talk about this because neither one of us are like MAGA, Trump, right wing, whatever. So I'll just, I'm not going to speak for her, um, but I'll, I will i will speak for me. So i I do live in Nashville, Tennessee right now. Um, I moved from you know being born and raised in Oregon, which is a very liberal area, especially the city I was in. I have also lived in California. I lived in Los Angeles um, until like the end of 2020, and then you know for reasons I've gotten into one other podcast. If you care to listen, go there. Um, I had to leave you know because of that and wound up out here. But as far as political, like. Back in the day, um, I I, I 100% was, like, associated with with liberal ideologies or whatever. It wasn't quite what it was today, but that's that's how I grew up. I was, oh, I was never around anything different. So I was liberal, you could say. I mean, I've always kind of had, like, an anti-government, like, undertow to everything, but um, I've always been pretty left-leaning, but now, like— I find problems on both sides. I also don't like tribalism. I think it's really ignorant. I think that we have way more important things going on that are actual existential threats that we are not even looking at because we're constantly responding to fucking dog whistles and cues on the news and at each other's throats. So I do not align with liberalism. Not at all. Uh, I am not a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. Like none of that shit. If you really wanted to peg me as something you could put me in the anarchist camp for sure. Or you could put me with libertarians if you really fucking have to, but, (laughs) um, but absolutely none of the other shit. Do they all have things that I, you know, I might agree with on certain issues. Sure. Do they also have things and policies and ways of being that I think are batshit insane and I want nothing to do with? 100%. Hence why I'm not affiliated and calling myself in either of those camps, because I think it's stupid. And I also do believe that politics are theatrics. And I think that people put way too much faith. Like, we're just so fucking addicted to entertainment and our politics have become just that it's like it's it's ridiculous the same can be said for our fucking news so just laying that out there um i am a gun owner um i am not giving my guns away that does not mean that i want kids to die a hundred percent no um i own a gun because i know what it's like to live in cities where you aren't allowed to because of gun control laws and restrictions And, you know, if you want to obey the law and not go to prison for having a firearm in an area where you're where they're not allowed, you're not going to have a gun. Right. But guess what other people do. And so I chose to not live in those areas because I've had a lot of bad stuff happen. And like what I can tell you before we get into shit any deeper is when I got my first gun. And by the way, I'm also not an idiot. Like I get training and by training. I don't mean going to the range. I mean, like actual training. Like with a company, like you're there for days on end, like you're learning the ins and outs, and it, it never ends. Um, so I make sure I know what I'm doing with that weapon. But uh when I first got that gun, I literally I don't think I made it out of the, the place where I bought it without before I started crying. And the reason why I started crying when I got my first pistol is because the first thought that came into my head when I got that pistol was you never have to get raped again. And I've been through enough stalking enough physical violence enough sexual violence enough rape enough molestations from childhood to teenage years and yes even into my adulthood where i'm sorry but you just you have to be stupid to not have a way to defend yourself it is just fucking naive to live life that way and like i don't really know any women that have stories very different from mine like sure maybe sliding scale but everybody I know has experienced that. That's why I fucking have it like a hundred percent. Like it is, we do not live in a safe world. This endless chase for safety through our politics is bullshit. Life is not safe. It's, It's not supposed to be. So I do what I need to do in case that happens again. And in case I have somebody three times my size, try to kill me, rob me or rape me, which has all happened. Um, in case that happens, You know, I don't have to like be up at night with my heart racing. When I hear a noise outside, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that I can defend myself and that's very important to me. So, but there are a lot more reasons for having guns, but I just want people to understand that it's not just a bunch of idiots running around being like, Oh, these things are cool. They make loud noises. That must be so fucking cool with a gun. It's like, no people have them because they fear for their lives and they're tired of being in survival mode, fucking constantly. So they do one thing to al- alleviate some of that and eliminate some of the risk. And to me, like, who the fuck is this state or anybody else to tell me that I, ha- I don't have a right to defend my own fucking person because we have an unnatural society that breeds mental illness. And that's why we have situations like what happened in Nashville. So I will stop there, turn it over to you. Yeah, well, I'm going to share my story too. But something I was just thinking of when you were
1: sharing that is I think a lot of people- when they hear, and I've even had some reactions, especially from family members listening to like my, st- my personal story around this, and I think a common reaction is like, well, we don't want, we don't necessarily think that you should have to give up your guns, right? Like it's not, like, we're not trying to, it, not everybody, not all of us is about like taking all the guns away. We just want common sense gun reform. And I think what people don't realize is when you talk about common sense gun reform, a really great cross-section of stories look just like ours. And so when you're talking about common sense gun reforms, it actually, and I can get into, I'll be super transparent about the way that some of that common sense gun reform would affect my ability here in even Nashville, Tennessee, to get the firearm. Um, spoiler alert, um, wouldn't be good. <laughs> um, because those of us who have sought out mental health treatment, mm-hmm. who have actually gotten help, unlike many shooters, most who are who have untreated mental illness, undiagnosed mental illness, for those of us who um, would trigger red flag laws because of our past, who would have a hard time, did have a hard time passing a background check and had to appeal it because of our pasts. because we actually got help for our addictions and our issues. Um, it would affect uh, the cross-section of us who actually have gotten help. And I, I have a very personal story. I know um, a couple, and she was saying, you know, we were going through a really hard time. There's a nonprofit called Hold My Guns. It's a great example of how we as the people can actually band together and solve problems that the government can't solve, but it's a nonprofit and they will literally hold your guns as the name States. If you're going through hard times, if you're going through mental health struggles, which is a huge deal because people don't, it's a, it it disincentivizes people from actually getting help when they think I'm going to have my rights taken away my second amendment rights taken away potentially if I admit like I have a problem and I need help right now. And so I've seen that play out firsthand and I know how these, what people are calling common sense gun reform, I know how they actually trickle down and affect us on a really practical level and it's not good. Um, But my history is I was super (laughs) anti-gun. I grew up opposite. I grew up super hardcore right-wing Republican If you're not Republican, you're not a Christian, um, that level of extreme. And and that's the way I interpreted it. And when I left the nest and went to school and actually saw like the world for the first time, or at least a bigger world than I had been exposed to, I was like super tightly controlled, super strict, fundamentalist kind of environment. And when I started meeting other people, I was like, everything that I grew up with and I just I jumped to the other ditch and I was like this I really bought in hook line and sinker that the liberal like left-wing agenda was for the marginalized for the oppressed like that they were all about people being free people being able to live you know shame-free um you know lives that you know whatever whatever you want like you can get it That's the American dream I thought the left-wing liberal party was the party of the american dream and i really bought into that and i voted accordingly um just to give you a sense of how entrenched i was after hillary clinton lost to trump i had to call in sick the next day to work because i got hammered i was in mourning all of my friends were in mourning we were up like Mm -hmm. watching it watching the results. results come in we were just hammered like useless the entire next day and we were just gutted Wrecked. I'll go even further, like the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. I was super, super wrecked over that. Took off work a whole week to watch it from home, just drinking, crying. Um, I have, you know, abuse in my background as well. And um, when I started waking up, it was after I got sober. So a lot of different awakenings really collided for me when I got sober. Um, it was a massive spiritual awakening. I was also like my life got really, really good really fast. <laughs> which is kind of crazy to say that, but like within a year of, um, you know, being depressed, drinking a a gallon of vodka a day, suicidal at times, self-harming a year from my bottom, I was bringing life into the world for the first time and becoming a mom. And so having kids, like I know everybody has a different impetus to kind of waking up, but having kids was definitely mine. I had two little girls back to back, got married. Um, And I just, it's like through COVID. COVID was like a little crack in the narrative. I have been, you know, I I got the original Pfizer series. I was like all like a COVID like nut, like super galvanized. Like whatever the science says is right. Whatever the Democrat party says is right. Believed everything I heard in the media. And then there was one little crack and it wasn't even something huge. It was the mandates. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but it blew my mind. I was walking past the TV and I heard it. And I looked at my husband and I was like, wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. So I chose to, got the vaccine, to get the vaccine, right? Initially. Um, Cause I didn't know any better. And I chose that. Right. But if my neighbor doesn't, he can lose his fucking job. I was just like, wait a second. My husband was like, mm. We just didn't talk about politics because we never agreed formally. Oh, okay. And so um, that was the first crack that I'm telling you. Like from there, because then I have kids and I've got to worry about their health too. I started researching the fuck out of COVID. Every little thing. And what I found was not pretty. Like it shattered every illusion I had because I went way deeper. And then I started to learn about big insurance and big food. And I was like, holy shit, this is all a sham. Like we have the poorest health outcomes in the United States. Uh, Why? Well, it's pretty obvious when you consider that big food, big insurance, big pharma, big medical, they're all in bed together. And our system is so ass backwards. And so it really started with health for me because I was like, what the fuck? You're telling me that like now I have to worry about what I'm allowed to be put, put in my children? Like maybe everything I knew was a lie. And so really the whole narrative started falling apart, but it had implications way beyond just health stuff. So for me, Um, the reason I'm now like, um, because I didn't go back to the other ditch, by the way, I didn't like, you know, don a MAGA hat and like sign up to be a Republican or whatever. I, um, I guess like you, you could call me um, a libertarian if you had to, but I'm pretty anti-government and I just, I don't know what the word for this is, but I am anti-whatever the sham is. I guess I'm even like apolitical a little bit because I'm like, it's theater and it doesn't matter. They're not the ones actually making these decisions. I yes. think, you know, I've, I've heard people even say, um, you know, well, voting is really the only thing I can do that matters. I'm like, I oh, don't even know that voting matters. Like no. they're all picked. They're all pre-selected. All of the options are not, it's an illusion of options. The, the fact, the, the idea that we have options, like, just throw that out the window. We don't have options. Like, I can't, like, go, oh, I really like Tessa's ideas. Like, she should become a politician. And I'm like, <laughs> like we can't, yeah. like, have this like a <laughs> grassroots, successful campaign and, like, get her into office. That's never happening. No. We have <laughs> no choices. <That's> Everyone, <laughs> like, they, they would have so much dirt on it. Like, people have been groomed from the moment they were born um so it's like i just i'm more of like whatever party believes that politics is a big fat distraction from what's really happening in this world um which is in my opinion like the ultimate goal is absolute control over us Mm -hmm. over all of the little guys um so that they can continue to sit even fatter and happier at the top um that's where I am politically. So I guess that's why I'm like maybe a political, non-political. I don't know. I just think it's all, it's, it's all a distraction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're a hundred percent not alone in that. And, uh, I, I always felt like I was fucking alone in that, like living in liberal strongholds and shit. Cause I started, you know, waking up to it as well. Um, and was just, you know, very quickly, um, ostracized, not only for speaking what I thought, but also for, I was one of the people who did not take the COVID vaccine. Um, and I, I lost housing because of it. I lost jobs. I couldn't go to my school anymore. Like it the, in order, I'm like just now financially recovering. That was like fucking two and a half years ago. I'm not kidding. I've had to move so many times because I've been running from places that have fucking show me your papers laws to like go into a fucking, you know, what a store or like, you know, for me, I make music. I c- couldn't fucking perform where any of those places during that time, because you had to have, you know, show your fucking papers. And I'm like, not only am I absolutely not doing this, but fuck every single business and venue that would support this fucking tyrannical bullshit. So that's why I left. And what did that, you know, cost me? It cost me like relationships with, my family and with my entire fucking community just just because I didn't share the exact same fucking opinion like I wasn't like going after them and like you know harassing them or being like hey watch this documentary like or whatever you know I could have but like I understood they were like way in their fucking ways about it but it's pretty remarkable that like that woke you up because I think that's what was that's part of what's so triggering about what's going on right now is because I'm very familiar with being on the shit end of, like, the hive mind. And, like, when they go total Lord of the Flies, like, I know. Like, it isn't, the TV is powerful enough to make, like, a mother or a father or a best friend disown their own kin. Like, instantly, 100%, because I've lived that shit.
1: Yeah, and I, I, because I guess I'm not as far removed from that thinking as you are, I can still remember the feeling of walking in, walking into my OB appointment And him bitching about the last patients. He literally walking into my appointment as I'm pregnant. He's like, because I had gotten jabbed. He walked in. He goes, "I'm so glad you're normal." And told me a story about how he made a patient cry right before because she wouldn't get the shot, and how he had like teased her over it, like to the point that she cried. And but he was like, literally, like had vitriol for this. And I remember feeling like so proud of myself. You know, like. Like I have the doctor's approval. Like I'm a good person to the doctor. That's how sheep I was. That's how compliant I was. I had been groomed my entire life to be compliant, to be a good girl, to follow the rules. And um, I I remember even the feeling of walking into a gas station early on or a restaurant and being like, "Uh, "I'm not wearing a mask. It's a pandemic." Like, like I was like it was this badge of honor because. But that's like the reward of the high of mine. And I didn't. I didn't. Notice that thinking at all when I was in it, but afterwards, when I started to shed that stuff, I was like, "That is insane." But it's why I'm able to have a huge degree of grace and compassion for people who are still really entrenched in that. i like,
0: "You are rewarded all the time for it. You don't even you're not even really aware of it." Wow, that's such that's actually really good information for me to hear because like I didn't know that about you, and so that's a fucking miracle that you came out of that. Like I don't know anyone who who would who was like that far and then pulled back from that point. I've never seen that. So that's that gives me a lot of hope, but also that's like good information
1: for it's me to have a podcast, right? It's the whole yeah. reason I started that I like what came out as a recovering liberal because I'm also a hardcore people pleaser like by nature. And I was like, well just this name alone. Well, like it's a personal exercise and giving plenty of people the opportunity to hate me right off, the, right off the, the bat. But I started podcasting and speaking about this stuff because I'm like,
0: on the one hand, I'm just
1: a regular person. Like I have access to the same information anybody else does. I have a passion for, I love studying. I love research. And so I do, I engage in that a lot, but like The stuff that woke me up was people like, I I can think of a couple of friends who were posting shit that really pissed me off. And I really, I was like, I didn't block them. I didn't go that far. I almost did though. And I was like, I'm just going to like scroll through their stuff and not engage with them because, but what confused me is I'm like, but I know them. And And that's what got me is I was like, but I know the kind of person they are and they're not fitting that like trope that I hear. That's like they're some extremist, hateful, like I've met them in recovery or like through fi- like family members or whatever and I know their lives and I know the kind of person they are. So they can't be a monster. Um, when I found out who my husband voted for, we were dating and I was like, but I haven't been dating this monster. Like, mm-hmm. we have the same values. We have the same life goals. He's everything that I want in a life partner, but he voted for the wrong person. like, I couldn't reconcile those things, thank God, (laughs) because that's what ultimately woke me up. I think that's why I was willing to literally, the way I thought about it was super rational, super logical. I was like, I'm going to pretend like I want to understand their argument completely. And so I'm going to step into the other side and just pretend like I'm arguing for them for a minute with myself. And that's how I went about researching things. I was like, I'm going to try to find why they believe what they believe. Yeah, And then I did, and I was like, okay, um, there's some truth. of Not everything, like, I haven't gone dish to dish on everything, but I've developed a new appreciation for nuance, that there are, like, between what the media tells you, this or that, there are a million different positions.
0: Yes, that's the biggest fucking thing, is that people are behaving in a black and white mentality, which is really fucking dangerous, and I want to get into, like, why, because I've also lived through that, and it's concerning to me, because... Now living here in Nashville, I'm starting to see people in this city going down that road. And I've seen cities like completely destroy themselves from within. And like, ideally, I don't want to see that happen here. You know, it still might, but it's, it's fucking scary. But this, your example, your testimony right here is exactly like what we should all be striving to do is instead of like, cause I just had a friend of 15 years do some, do some stupid stuff with me. Like. She, she, her book was on the news, got triggered, went and looked at my podcast account, saw some memes, right? Took them way out of context. I also didn't write it, but I'm like, Hey, you've known me for 15 years. You know, like all my trauma, you know, like my whole story. Like I have a tattoo on my leg because of like something she told me, like advice that she gave, like, that's how much this woman knows me. And I'm like, you saw a meme, which was the meme that you and I talked about, about like women wanting to or being a woman who has the desire to want to put relationships and family over career and money yeah and that triggered her and you know because she was like all of a sudden I was like the enemy because like I wasn't really jiving with what modern feminism is. That doesn't mean I want every woman to lose their rights and be locked in the fucking house. Yeah, freedom, j- freedom means
1: something different. It looks different for everybody. It does, freedom but it's meaning, like with, like, with the conversation, a conversation, yeah.
0: they should have, with a conversation, you could have ironed that out in literally t- fucking 10 seconds. She could have been like, what do you mean by that? And I could have been like, hey, you could read the blog I just wrote, or I could just tell you. I just feel like I've put my career and what I've always been told by how I was raised uh, and I have sacrificed repeated relationships and ties with communities for the pursuit of individual ambition above all else. And as a woman, because I have the innate desire to want to pour love and nurturing into people, I've neglected that part of me and now I'm regretting it. So like that is something that I don't like. It has nothing to do with the laundry list of shit that they'll fire off at you. And they could have figured that out by just giving me like, honestly, the respect that I feel like I deserve after knowing a motherfucker for 15 years, you know what I mean? And always being cool with them and like straight with them and being there for them. But no, it immediately was like, oh, you spoke out against this and like you, whatever, whatever you, you sound like those people over there. So boom, you're done by like, it was that quick. So, and I never even got to like speak for myself. So if it's like, if you would have just heard who your husband voted for and immediately made that snap reaction of like, Oh, you must be one of them because they kind of talk like that. So you're done. Then your kids wouldn't even be alive. Cause you guys wouldn't have ever like been together. Like It's like, it's crazy. Like the difference that like just a little bit of pause and like something that we learn in recovery, which is seeking to understand rather than to be understood. Which I'm sure people will twist, but that just means that, like, yes, we all live in a society where we're very focused on like being heard and like articulating ourselves and da-da-da. That's a great fucking thing, but don't forget about the other part of that where it's important to listen, not for the goal of let me shove my opinion down their throat further and like da-da-da. Like, just just pause, just yeah. suspend your racing mind for like 10 fucking seconds, and you might discover that it's not always this or that, us and them, yes and no, we're like blue or red. That's all I'm fucking saying. Yeah, but that's a, you gave a
1: great example, and because I think it parallels a lot of what we're gonna talk about with the guns conversation, but that's, that is, in a nutshell, liberal, modern, like neoliberal, especially thinking to me, is the ideology is like right off the bat, feminism, for example, if you're not a feminism, if you're not, if you don't accept modern feminism as it is today, then you are an archaic mouth-breathing caveman who doesn't think that women, <laughs> women are as good or should be treated as equal as men, period. End of conversation. If you do not agree with common sense gun reform, you do not care about children's lives, period. That's the end, that's the end. And they want you to like stop there and go no further. But I described liberalism as it's like window shopping at a store for many, many years that I thought like looked just my style. I thought it looked awesome. But then when I finally walked into it, it was full of dumpster fires. (laughs) And the further I went, the worse it was. And that's how liberalism feels to me. Because I'm telling you, I bought into neoliberal, or excuse me, like, um, modern feminism, hook, line, and sinker. Like, I really bought into it. I prioritized my career. My career was my identity. I have never felt more powerful as a woman than I do today, being a wife and a mom. And I stay at home with my kids. Like, I I y'all, I depend on a man. You know, it's so the antithesis of who I thought I was supposed to be, who I thought um I would be powerful and valued as, like in our society. It's so the opposite. <laughs> um, I was like running a rat race
0: every day of my life.
1: I was exhausted, I was depleted, I was depressed, I was addicted. I was just unfulfilled and unhappy. And I put my dreams of like connection on a back burner because I, because I was told I was sold an ideology that told me I had to build a career before I was worth shit.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. That's how I was brought up too. And it's like that. And if that works for somebody cool, like neither one of us is out here telling people you need to live exactly how we want to live for ourselves. Like I don't give a shit how other, how y'all want to live. Like, unless you're like intentionally fucking up other people's you know well-being and safety and shit like obviously there's fucking boundaries but but like just because I as a person who has been I've lived kind of both but as somebody who the last handful of years has been like not relationships and like friendships and you know men all that stuff way off to that side do not care at all like I just need to focus on this, focus on that, da, 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 And then of course, you know, like stuff happens, like, the pan, you know, the, the 2020 situation happens, housing loss happens, you know, musical chairs across the United States happens, like all kinds of chaos. So I've just been out here, like, you know, doing what I need to do. And I'm not saying like, I'm giving up music, or I'm giving up personal ambitions, like not at all, I have a mission on this planet. But I'm just saying like, in my time alive and also being somebody who has been very in love and who has been engaged and who like lost that person. Um, and when he died, it like really was like a a pretty intense wake up call. And I've had a lot of people in my life die, especially in the last 18 months, it's been 10 of them. And so when that happens, you think a lot about life and its meaning and it's so much more than like accolades, success, achievement, money, Uh, what like you know career whatever we are taught from a very young age and the, the thing that was that really stood out to me the most is the thing the only thing that really matters in this life ultimately is our relationships and love and everything else is fucking noise because when you're in the face of death of the people closest to you which is who I've lost in the last 18 months um that will really put in your face. Like, I promise you, I was not thinking about music or my career or my bank account or, like, any of that stuff when they died. All I thought about was the memories I had with them and the moments that make time stop. And, like, I I really just noticed, like, wow, if I'm too self-focused and too, like, driven, 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 for me personally, I rob – I'm doing it as a as a way of sacrificing that other stuff because – there's only so many hours in a day so all i'm saying is that i i can now see the value of needing to also prioritize that other stuff and how yeah working like full-time plus having a second job also on top of that and still barely being able to pay my rent like i don't fucking like that shit like and i don't think we were built to live like this and man or woman like we're supposed to be living you know in partnerships and in communities and shit and so for some reason right now well i can think of some reasons why that's the case right now but like i guess i won't go down that rabbit hole but for right now that's you know that view for some reason is very triggering to people and it's like you know at the end of the day i don't give a fuck like go live how you want but we don't need to freak out because we have different views on how we want to personally conduct ourselves in the context of family or career or society or whatever like i don't know why we are so fucking terrified of people who are different and then in the same breath those same people are like the ones that scream the loudest about like diversity and inclusion it's like yeah, it bro, so bro do you really yeah. want to be the, like if you do like or, or do you just want to include just who you think needs to be included and in, like everybody else like get like what is it you really want so that's also another reason why i'm not identified with a political party is because the hypocrisy and all of them across the board i just i can't agree so that's, that's what it, that's what i mean though
1: is like freedom looks different to everybody. It's never the same template. And so, you know, in the example of feminism, like what I saw was like, career should go to the top Mm -hmm. of the list for everybody. Well, not necessarily. It's not at everybody. It doesn't have to be at everybody's top of the list. So it doesn't have to be the thing, you know, that we just decide is worth the most. Same thing with gun control, though. It's like, if you don't want a gun, that's fine. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it should be devalued and go to everybody's like bottom of the barrel priorities because for some of us it's important some of us have a personhood that we want to be able to protect some of us have children we want to be able to protect yeah i mean it, it is it is
0: necessary especially if you are living in cities and then then there's a whole new utility and requirement for them if you live in like a more rural area different reasons but i mean it, it is it is necessary the amount of life experience like could site, it's it's i mean i would be talking for hours but it is fucking necessary and the the underlying cause of why does somebody in our society need a firearm you know in order to like really be safe um nobody really wants to talk about that and we you know off camera me and Tamara obviously talked about like how unnatural our society is in the way that it operates on like literally every level you know we discussed the facts that like you know, modern medicine is, is absolute garbage Bought and paid for, you know, I'm paraphrasing. It's not, it wasn't exactly your words, but like, you know, garbage, um, our food in America is banned in 30 countries. If you want to think that what we put in our bodies doesn't affect our, you know, cognitive abilities, like think again, um, there's a lot of factors, but we do live in a very isolating, very unnatural, increasingly virtual, which is very detrimental to the basic human need of connection. That is one of the biggest things. If we don't have connection, you are going to see rates of mental illness and addiction go through the fucking roof. Obviously, we can attest to that as well. That's, I mean, another reason why, like, rates of narcissism and psychopathy are almost becoming, like, shit Yeah, Yeah. it's like, I swear to God, like, every other fucking video that gets recommended to me or whatever is, like, stuff about it. I'm like, yeah, I know. I get it. Like, I get it. But it's like, everybody's got, like, their stories of dealing with narcissism or, you know, psychopaths or it's, it's very, it's, it's not uncommon at all. And it's like, and we wonder why it's, it's literally every aspect of this society. So we have a sick society. And I really do believe that as a whole, we have a reluctance for truly addressing the root of the problem because we're all, I'm not saying we're all part of the problem, but we're all affected by it. And there's a lot of people that would rather not look at that Because like, like I have said before, like we're all mirrors for each other. So if I have to truly look at the source of why so many people are discontent and sad and lonely and depressed and anxious and suicidal and angry and homicidal in this society, I'm also going to likely be looking into the same reasons for why I also am that way. And a lot of people don't want to even admit to themselves that they have that shit. So... That's a big thing right there, but people just don't want to slow down and admit, like, hey, like, this fucking charade that we all participate in collectively that really deep down nobody's that happy with, it's really not fucking working, and these are symptoms of it, and instead of looking at the root cause, because people feel overwhelmed. Yeah, and like on top of that, people not wanting to look at their own sickness well yeah a hundred percent yeah yeah they don't want they, a lot of people don't want to look at they don't want to even admit that they have anything wrong with themselves at all but it's the same
1: mindset and it makes sense for me to use a like health analogy like a metaphor because um i don't know that's just what i'm most passionate about but it's like the pill for an ill mindset yes like you just take a pill for it it's the same way with gun control like do you remember Viox? Oh God, which
0: one was that? It was no, an anti-inflammatory
1: everyone... drug. Now it's off the market because it was prescribed for inflammation. It worked. It like really was For inflammation. Good. Yeah. For inflammation. Like, what, <laughs> what else did <for> it <laughs> else to do? Well, it like kind of killed half a million people. Oh shit. Yeah. What? Right. Killed half a million people. So gun control, when I hear people like screaming for gun control, all I think about is BiOX. It's like do you want people to have inflammation, you monsters? Like, give the people Vioxx because it works. It's the pill for an L. It works. It gets rid of your inflammation, but of course I don't want anybody to take Vioxx because it fucking kills Side like death, so yeah, effect, you. Side effect death. You will be an inflamed corpse. You might, yeah. like, Jesus. bleed internally and die. And so it's the same with gun control, though. It's like I can't help but see it through that lens. It's like you want to prescribe for, you know, the issue, and hopefully we'll get into it, but like the issue of mass shootings, which we can't all even, in our public consciousness, that has a very different definition than what it's actually defined by in our crime statistics. But people want to prescribe for that ill the pill of, well, if we just made it harder for law-abiding citizens to get guns, and it's like, not only will that not work, but it will cause a slew, like a domino effect of a whole bunch of other issues. And the politi- I know that people watching this or people having these conversations as ordinary people don't understand that necessarily. Politicians know this won't work. They know it won't work. They've tried it before. It doesn't work. We like to cite other countries. And that's the other problem with this is like all of the data that's being repeated and hammered into people's skull. you can literally find the same uh, infographic on um MSNBC as you can on like like the Wall Street Journal and it's repeated in the New York Times, it's everywhere and so people assume it's true. I'm telling you it's all bullshit. (laughs) Like it's all bullshit. People are holding up other countries. See in UK, Australia, these other countries, they don't have guns and it's been a pretty picture. False. Mm -hmm. False. We can get into that. Let's talk about like the comparison in (laughs) their Crime rates when you look at sexual assaults, rapes, uh, even some, in some cases, burglaries being higher than um, at similar time frames in the U.S. Um, and by the way, you know what's been going up since COVID happened
0: in Australia? Isn't it gun violence? Gun violence. Yeah. Wait, I thought guns were illegal. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have been since, what, the 90s, the 90s I think? Which yeah. is
1: conveniently when all of their crime stats. Start. And so they mm. show this study yeah. We're dead. here we're in australia let's talk about it but they yeah. start they it's really really difficult you can't find a chart out or I haven't been able to it's really difficult to find anything that plots it out like pre-1990 and beyond but in the 90s when they banned guns in Australia you cannot purchase a gun in Australia legally legally they start this graph and you know violent gun violence it goes down down down, down. And, you know they some you know periods about you know we'll give them grace for that because overall the trend is down if you were to plot it out pre-90s it was already going down and so it's like you roll a rock down a hill the rock gets halfway down the hill and you're like because i winked at it it kept rolling down the hill no it's because (laughs) gravity like it just kept rolling down the hill because that's where the momentum was headed crime started decreasing long before they took away the guns. They took away the guns. It did continue to decrease, but also all around the world. And at faster rates in the U.S. where people were buying up 10 million guns a year. And you had per capita more rape in Australia, per capita more sexual assault in Australia. And then since COVID, you know, we've seen the like completely draconian picture that's happened Everywhere, everywhere, yeah, I'm but especially like, like you know, it is so bad. Again, like what,
0: well, camps, the yes. quarantine camps in Australia, camps like, yeah. in Australia, and so it's by no
1: accident I think that violence is turning up. People are getting really agitated yeah. in other countries, and they have no means to protect themselves. And violent homicides are going up in Australia. They have been since 2020, and so uh, homicides with guns as the murder weapon are also going up. Um, And it's a similar picture, you know, around the world, but we also have those case studies in our own country.
0: Yeah. That's another thing is like people, so they're like, for people who didn't take statistics or aren't like, you know, that's not their specialty. It's really fucking hard. Like I studied statistics and I, I hated it, but you can lie so fucking easily. So I really wish people would take a little bit of time to like, just understand the way things are presented at you and the verbiage being used. And then also ask yourself if it's this hard for me to get a straight fucking answer about, you know, the, the actual prevalence of gun because gun deaths and gun violence are are qualified differently. Like the highest thing, the highest cause for gun death is suicide. It's not even murder. And it's definitely not a mass shooting. So suicide, 60%, 60%. 60% of gun deaths are suicide. So like, again, back to the mental health piece that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about that shit. So that's already a thing. And then with the remaining 40%, you're factoring in police incidents. You're factoring in like inner city gang violence. Then you can factor in just whatever fucking violence. Then also accidents. A yeah, domestic a is, a, is a big one. Accidents is a huge one. Like, I know people who have been shot by accident, like, with their own gun. Like, it happens. Um, but the, in the sense
1: that we think about mass shootings as a public consciousness, no, it's, it's, it's less than 1%. Yeah, like is it 0.5%?
0: Five percent are, like,
1: the school or public setting shootings.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 it's rare enough to where we can, I don't know if you guys have seen that post going on on Facebook where, like, everybody lists each school shooting i'm like all right like we've had guns since the inception of this fucking country and if there's like i'm not discounting any of that shit like i've one of the one of those really bad school shootings happened in my fucking hometown when i was growing up as a kid like i've absolutely been in areas where there have been multiple like shootings with multiple casualties or school shootings 100% it's happened i think two or three times in my hometown and now i'm in Nashville which had happened again so I'm not discounting any of it. I'm just saying that, like, please pay attention to the fact that one, it's hard to get your information straight Two, you have to really dig a lot. Three, things are represented falsely with really subtle word wording, which is intended to deceive you. So you should be wondering, why are people trying to deceive me? And with statistics, it's very easy to lie. Because not everything is done using the same per capita measurement system. So let me give you an example. Like, if, and we did this, like, if I go to look up um, what's the gun violence rate, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, gun violence, not gun deaths, because like we're not talking about, you know, suicide or accidents in this situation. We're saying violence, so homicide. What's that rate in Chicago? When I looked it up, the most recent number I got was. 29.6, I believe. And what was also really interesting is right next to it. Oh, excuse me. 29.6 out of every hundred thousand. So if we used that metric every hundred thousand for every city in the country, okay. Then that would make more sense, but that's not what's happening. Um, because then when I went to go look up Nashville, they didn't do that. They were like, it's one in 84 people may experience gun violence in Nashville. And because of this, it's so high. It's this percent. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. What what do you mean one in 84? Like you're using a different fucking metric. And so, like, that's that's just a part of it. That's not all of it. I'm not here to give like a, a fucking, you know, shitty TED talk on statistics. I'm not the person for we're that. saying you cannot trust it as Apple Staff. Yeah, it's, it, not, like it's not. It's not Also pay attention to like what, where are they getting that number from? What's the population size? And then when we talk about states, like what city is in that state? Pay attention to that because it's usually where most violence is fucking coming from. The suicides usually come from the more rural areas and the, the homicides are coming from where everybody's packed in like rats in the fucking cities. So pay attention to that is all we're fucking saying. And then also what I noticed is in places like Chicago, where the uh, homicide where, where there's a lot of gun control, right? Like legally, you cannot get a gun inside Chicago. Last I fucking checked and their rate, it was right next to it. The rate of rape per 100,000 is 76. That's higher than the murders. And Chicago is known as like having one of the highest murder rates in the country. So that blew my fucking mind. Cause I'm like, okay, Matt, like gun-free zone Uh, uh, that homicide rate, because the homicide rate, the national average is like six per every hundred thousand. So having it be almost 30, it's five times the national average for homicide by gun. And then I look at this rape rate, which is like fucking triple that. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because we all know that rape can be fucking prevented if the person has a firearm and is adequately trained how to do it you know most likely i'm not saying across the fucking board but if somebody comes through that fucking door right now and is like coming at me and is a dude i can defend myself because i have a pistol but if i don't it's not looking great for me bro i'm sorry it's just not like at all probably going to lose um so that's that was concerning and when i went to look up What's So I know the national average For gun gun deaths What's the national average Per 100,000 For cases of rape And we also are told That only, Kidnapping Only Yeah that too Rape, kidnapping, burglary Robbery, armed robbery All that Home invasions All that shit Was fucking way higher And that can be pro, Like people are not nearly as likely to run up in your house if they know you have a gun. Like they're just yeah. not. Defensive uses of firearms in the US is average on the conservative
1: end, like if we're really lowballing it, 1.6 million is the average defensive use of uses of firearms. On the higher end, some crime bureaus have it at 3 million mm-hmm. a year. So when you think about this super like this is not a balanced picture here. We want to make it harder for the let's just lowball it, 1.6 million not even just people, incidences of crime of violence that was thwarted thwarted because they were defending themselves with a firearm. What does this picture look like if we take away those 1.6 million people's guns?
0: Yeah, that is really fucking concerning. Um that and the fact that like I, I will real quick just like pull back around just to finish this point. Like the situation with the rape, um, I tried to look that up. And I couldn't find any statistic. Like I, I, maybe I'll have to go on a rabbit hole journey. But how easy it is for me to say, "Hey, what's the gun rate?" You know, because it's in the fucking news, right? They're telling you what what you should care about and think about. I find it immediately when I look up what's the rate. You know, in this country of rape per hundred thousand, or just in general, nothing. The most recent thing I could find was in the mid '90s, mid 1990s. It's 2023 right now. I found a. Also, one thing for 2004, but I'm like, that was 20 years ago. Like, what? That is nuts to me. And then they're like, yeah, also only 35% are reported. I can attest to that because, like, the majority of the sexual violence that I've dealt with has been unreported. Or when I did try to report it, the cops could not have possibly been more indifferent or like, we don't give a fuck or whatever. Even when I was a kid and it happened to me. So. Just saying, this is a very complicated issue. As you can see, there's a lot of layers, a lot of different statistics, a lot of confusion, which is why it's not a good idea to just jump to what is playing off of your emotions and finessing them via propaganda on any fucking news source. I don't care which side of the fucking aisle you're on. It is happening, all of them. This is not a fucking decision to disarm a population that's you do not want to fucking just do that off of emotion. And we have politicians and journalists that, in my opinion, belong in fucking jail for the way that they are. Like it's just theater and bullshit and just digging and digging at people's real life trauma and emotions because they understand that it's real.
1: It's, it's it's real. It it hurts. You know. Yeah, it does. A lot of people are uh, the the ripple effect of some of these tragedies is tremendous. It traumatizes a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but that's that's the strategy is the media then comes on and the politicians then come on and they tell you, we want you to think about all the dead kids. Think about the dead kids, we gotta get rid of the guns. And then if you try to break, well, what what's gonna happen? Our, people going to get raped more is the violence so no stop think about the dead kids you got to think about the dead kids we're not talking about rape victims we're not talking about kidnapping victims we're not talking about those three million people who prevented somebody from like from assaulting them we're not talking about that we're just think about the thing we need you to be really emotional about and really outraged about and do the thing that we want you to do and they want us thinking in vacuums. Like we think in a vacuum about gun violence. We think in a vacuum about whatever. Else. The other thing is that we're supposed to think about right now. We're told who'd be mad at. And then like, which country we're supposed to be mad at right now? Which political party, which race, which gender? Like we're always told who'd be mad at. And we're supposed to think about it in a vacuum rather than have like a big complex nuanced discussion about why are we so sick? Like what is making us so sick? But you can't bring yep. anything else into the picture.
0: Yeah, and that, again, I really wish people would stop and think about a little bit more because if the people that were talking to us as civilians really cared about our children and us and our safety, why would all this other stuff either be going rampantly unaddressed or occurring in the first place? And what I mean by other stuff is why is mental health not even mentioned most, almost always why do we not have fucking access to health care like or even good health care um why is our food poisoned? why is our water poisoned? why is our food banned in Your so many countries country. why is our air poisoned? why is all this fuckery going on with you know all these lethal chemical spills and they're being thrown under the rug or people are getting told months later or they're being told no nah, no nah, you're fine go back go back it's like we know that our that the government has a horrific track record with pretty much everything, domestic and foreign. That is just a fact. Like, don't look up anything. And so why all of a sudden are the people that just a few years ago everyone was up in arms about, defund the police, the government this, the da, da 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 you know, institutional this, institutional that— And now all of a sudden it's daddy gov, please take the guns away from all the people I have to share this area with because they're, Oh my God. And we're all just, you know, all the peasants are fighting. Like what the fuck you, you trust these people. Like, can we just slow down a little bit? Because I, my concern, you know, even with the gun issue aside, but that happens to be a hot button issue right now, I do. I think it's the most important one as far as existential crises go. No. That's another conversation. I will get to it. I don't know if this episode, but for sure, like soon. Uh, Here's the deal. Like when people start getting this worked up and we have politicians putting gas on the fire, you think they're on your side. They don't give a fuck about you. Um, We have the media just constant shit stirring, shit stirring, you know, and, and I don't even mean only mainstream media, like dude, go on to YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, All of work, it's like, we we talked about this at the coffee shop when we were like looking around at everyone. We're like, well, what algorithm is everybody in? Because those, these little phones that we carry are always tailored. They're always learning about us. Everybody's playing a completely different video games. Completely different. Like when I have people that call me from out of state, you know, even about this issue and I live here. And their idea, they think I'm in like an active war zone. And they're explaining your reality and to I'm you And I'm like, just like, dude, I'm getting off of a double shift right now. And I'm exhausted. Like, can you scream at me for something I didn't do another fucking day, maybe? Like, Jesus Christ. But it's like, what? I, I don't even know what the hell they just got fed, but it's not what's happening here because I'm not currently being like shot at with 50 assault rifles, like they're fucking acting. Um, so... The problem with that, in case you guys forgot, and a lot of people did not have to go through this either, is for those of us who dealt with the shit show of 2020, of the riots that, you know, everybody said it was for justice for, you know, you know everybody said it was the BLM yeah, protest, but I'm sorry. I was there in fucking downtown LA and in Hollywood, central and east. I because I fucking lived there when that shit went on. Um, whatever, like good motive that a demonstration would have started over. That's not what the fuck was going on. And I've been to a lot of protests, a lot of rallies, a lot of demonstrations ever since I was a teenager. I've been going to stuff like that. I was on the ground at some of these and I felt immediately the energy here is off. Something is wrong. There's no goal. There's no unity. The protesters are fighting with each other. They're getting violent with each other. And most of the people that were getting arrested, the, the LA County Sheriff pointed out to us on local news, it didn't come on national news, but nine, upward of 90% of the people that were like, you know, causing problems, throwing Molotovs, you know, breaking into fucking businesses or, you know, being violent with other civilians that were just trying to get from A to B on the street. They weren't even from LA. They were coming from like other areas to just cause problems in that fucking city. And so, and I won't, don't even get me started on that because there was, there was a lot of other interference uh, going on as well. But like, that was an actual situation where I was terrified for my life because I could hear flashbangs fucking like every 30 seconds, every fucking night outside my window, uh, constant police sirens, the dudes in my neighborhood that were always out in the street at night anyway be yelling up being like, don't come out right now. Like there's a people out here. Like we don't even know who they are. Like they have guns, all this stuff. And they were not, they were plain clothes people, but it was just madness. And then other people want to retaliate. So it was real violence in the street. Like I have a lot of friends who had to evacuate. I couldn't, I didn't have anywhere else to go. I didn't have the money to leave. Um, other people had Molotov cocktails thrown into their apartment window. So like, how does that have to do with a protest? But I watched. All this happened. I would come home to pools of blood, have to find out whose body it was like people were committing suicide. People were robbing each other, killing each other, overdosing, jumping off their balconies, beating the hell out of each other, shooting each other. And I'm in the middle of this shit with no weapon, terrified out of my fucking mind. And I eventually was able to get out eventually, but that was terrifying. And I'm telling you right now, If you think the cops are going to help you in that situation, they never came around when that happened. So nobody is coming to save you. I would argue that it's in their interest for that to happen because then they create a vacuum. We all start killing each other. All hell breaks loose. We get scared enough. Then we'll be willing to accept something like, oh, I don't know, martial law. So it's in their best interest for that to be allowed to happen. And they did allow it. And it was, it was a nightmare. And people get desperate, they get desperate for more control. Well, 100%. And when civilians like us get, get when, there's nothing more dangerous, in my opinion, than a scared person it's, it's because they'll they'll fucking do shit that they normally would never do. And that, that includes taking a life. So I saw that shit and I lived through that for a while and is much different than like regular violence, like, you know, as part of life, like this was really amped up by the media, by politicians and largely by people that didn't even fucking live there or have to bear the brunt of it. And guess what? what i did not get a single fucking phone call from any of my people from back home in liberal Oregon, or whatever about what's going on when when that would have actually made sense because if you would have called me you would hear the flashbangs and the gunshots and the sirens in the background because but, they weren't hearing
1: what your but, experience on the news were they well no
0: because <laughs> it was never on the news it was never on the fucking news so because the top box never told them to care about it they couldn't have given two fucks But now, because we have a situation in Nashville, but are we dealing with um, the military being here and flashbangs and sirens and gunshots and cops and people running through the door and trying to rob us right now? Hell no, I'm not worried about shit. But my phone has been blown up every single day with, oh my God, what's happening in fucking Nashville? It's like, really you guys? Like when we really could have used maybe like a helping hand or somebody to give a fuck if we got shot that day or not, it was crickets because the TV told you either nothing or the TV told you that what was happening was a good thing and that we just, we just loved it so much. No, we didn't fucking love that. We hated it. That was insane. But now y'all are being told whatever y'all are being told because the news that we even get here or the life that we live here is not what you guys are getting. And it's like, we're being talked to like it's end of days apocalypse. And I'm like, my God. So Can we not like, does anybody care that people's emotions and psychology are being played with to such an extreme? Like, why aren't we questioning the people that are doing this as opposed to going after each other? Like, what is it that they're so badly... Why do they want to take the fucking guns so bad, but they don't want to... They, they clearly don't care about safety or health. Yeah,
1: because we're, we're told common sense. Like, common
0: sense. It's common sense. Like, it's a
1: no-brainer. Like, you're an idiot if you don't... You're an idiot. Yeah, if that are, verbiage matters, too. Or, like, yeah. a monster <laughs> if you if you don't um, buy into it. But, but then, at the same time, when you put common sense stats on the table, like... Back. Do you know how many school shootings specifically are committed in gun free zones? Over 90%. 90% gun free zones. Um, there's, I mean, there are plenty of things. Like, if we really want to get all ideas on the table and talk about common sense stuff, like, can we talk about maybe arming our schools with as much security as we arm our money? Like yeah, our bank the banks, our jewelry stores. Trucks. Like, mm-hmm. come on. um especially given that like we know about the shooter in particular, and this is true of the movie theater shooting in um, Denver, Colorado. Like these people are considering multiple locations and they're going to the place with the least amount of security. Like our children to me are most precious, precious, precious. I I hate to even call them assets, but they're certainly more precious than our fucking money. Yeah. Our diamonds. Um, Like let's, maybe protects them. Um, but I mean, there's, there's also the mental health conversation. There's a lot of low hanging fruit there. Like we know that um, so many of these mass shooters are on SSRIs, but nobody's yeah. allowed to talk about SSRIs and how we actually know now conveniently now that they don't do legitimately
0: like actually treating depression. It's they're literally blacklisted for people under 18 because of the amount of incidents that it has actually led to youth suicide and extreme violence and it's been proven like you can look this up yourself if you don't believe me it's been proven that taking these drugs in a lot of people as a side effect increases thoughts of homicide and suicide and what the fuck every fucking mass shooter is you know sorry i know that the cussing turns some of you off i hope you can calm down i promise you won't melt but um with the mass shooter they were they were being they were being seen by a psychiatrist they were on something so i don't know the exact drug they were on but i've never heard of a situation of a mass shooting where a pharmaceutical drug was not in the system of the shooter and of course you can't ever bring that up because you'd have to be living under a rock to not understand that big pharma is one of our biggest money makers so there's no way in hell that the politicians are going to start calling out, like, you know, big pharma and being like, yo, like, let me get an ingredient list. Like, what are you really doing with these drugs? Like, and I could, I mean, we yeah. could do an episode just on Thank you for giving me a half a billion dollars. Now I'm going to shit on your industry. That doesn't happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> great way for a politician to get unalived. So yeah. they're not going to go there. You know, just the same reason why they don't go after the banking cartels. same reason why. It's honestly, it honestly. Oh, go ahead. Well, I talked to. I'm
1: interviewing for a diff- different podcast, but um, interviewing a, an endocrinologist, like a really great physician who specializes in hormone optimization, and he's like, he. We talked about the macro trends and just the insane hormone disruptions that have happened on a macro level in our country in particular since the 1970s i mean male testosterone has plummeted Mm -hmm. and meanwhile we have 120,000 chemicals new chemicals that were approved in 2008 for use industrial use in the u.s that are in all of our products Um, and our so our endocrine like our endocrine system is getting disrupted on a daily basis i mean anyone to talk about the role hormones play in your mental health it's pretty big i mean has anybody ever had experienced pms i mean think about that times a cabillion yeah talk about like how much shit is put in our food our water it's all the
0: agricultural runoff like oh yeah all the glyphosate it's 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 insane it's literally in the rain it's it's i think they said that like everybody's blood that they tested in this country it's probably the whole world because you know but uh we all have like levels of roundup or glyphosate in our bloodstream like, even if you, you know, eat everything all organic, da 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 it doesn't matter. Like, it's in the groundwater, it's in the air, it's in the rain, like, it absorbs in your skin, and even when something is organic, if you look at the laws of what you, how, you, how easily it is to say something's organic in the United States, it's, it's, it's label it right? can still <laughs> completely have pesticides all over it, 100%. So, it's like this, again, I'm like, really, you guys do not care, these, these lawmakers and whatever, do not care about our health and well-being because if that was the case, we would be living in a very, very, very different world as it is. So this is where I feel like some some pause and a little bit of wake up and a little bit of realizing that people like me and you are not the enemy or me and whoever's watching, we are not each other's enemy because even if we disagree on literally everything at the end of the day, To the people that are currently in charge of what we refer to as society, we are the same in their eyes. To the people that do have more power over the social system than we do, we're still the serfs, we're still the peasants, we're still the useless eaters. They have lots of names for us, but there is no difference. And as far as politics, this, that, the only difference is branding. It is the same shit. So
1: yeah. And as long as we're warring with each other, as long as we're jumping from one ditch to another, it doesn't matter which side we're on.
0: They no, don't care. They don't know. All that matters is that we are angry, blowing out our adrenals, distracted, divided. Cause we're always weaker, you know, divided. Like and, and an isolated human being is a depressed human being. It's a human being that is prone to hedonism and addiction and escapism. So very not looking at what they're doing really is all that matters. And, like so worn down and broken that they'll just accept anything. Like they can't think straight, you know, always in a state of like brain fog and needing this drug to feel this and that drug to come down off that one. It's just, do you see what we're saying? Like, it's just not good. The health of our, of our society is not good. So that would, but there is a solution though. And we did talk about that as well. So that ultimately, like we've both discussed just the idea that seems to be, kind of lost on a lot of people which you know no shade if this is you like everybody has been programmed and conditioned everybody every every anyone who says they have no programming is full of shit yeah. so like we I, I do everybody fucking does so the thing is is that we have gotten so used to offsourcing the responsibilities of living to people that will make our laws and make our decisions and you know people that we think that we elect um into office to do this and that like now we feel like you know, we're in this state of helplessness and hysteria because we need whoever is in office to make the right choice for our lives. It's like, what, what happened to us doing that for ourselves? Like we have really traded too much of our freedoms in exchange for convenience, meaning automating our own lives. Like you don't got to worry about getting our food. We don't got to worry about getting our water. We don't got to worry about getting our power or like really fucking a lot. Honestly, which is why so many people have like, I think it gets never mind I won't even go down that trail, but that would be a solution. And that's something that I find very helpful is people that are like, yeah, I'm not going to sit around and wait for the government to like, you know, provide this for me or provide that for me. Like if, uh, one example of something that I heard recently, and then we kind of mentioned all in I'll let you take over is like, you know, I have friends that homeschool their kids. And if I had kids right now, I would do the same thing because like, there's a lot of complaints right now with the quality of education inside the school systems and also the fact that, yeah, your kid is not safe there. And so if that's the case and people, you know, are, are crying about that on social media, posting this, that, and the third, it's like, did you ever think that you don't have to drop your kid off with the state? Like, did you, I understand that people have to work and that times are really hard. It's I get trade-offs. it. I get it. I get it. But like, just because it's hard and we can't think of immediately how to make that transition off rip doesn't mean the solution isn't there. It just means that some people are at more of a disadvantage. So it requires a lot more creativity. And again, this is where the power of the community and unity would come in. So this is also where it works to the system's advantage to have us fighting and isolated because it's much harder to become self-reliant and to be able to you know, protect your own children around the clock and not, you know, leave it up to the state. If you have things like a uh, healthy family, healthy community, healthy partnerships, but if you're on your own, which, Hey, I empathize with, I've been on my own for a huge portion of my life. And I've been working since before I was legally allowed to. Um, so I get it. I do like, I, I just don't have fucking kids, but I think about the shit. It's like, Jesus Christ, you know, what would I do? Um, I would, I would, I would go to some pretty intense lengths. I'll tell you that much, but yeah, we're really good at individualism. We're not so great with
1: personal responsibility. Yeah. It's not as palatable to us for some reason, but it is that. And I, I mean, I, I just observe like with so many of our problems, school shootings being the obvious one that we're talking about, I just, why do people's minds immediately go to the government has to legislate us out of this? Um, when it starts with like how, for me, it's like, how am I going to keep myself safe? How am I going to keep my family safe? How am I going to make my community safer? And we know we don't need to guess. We have loads of data proving that when people are thriving, both economically, socially, when people are prosperous and healthy, they're more generous. We figure shit out. (laughs) Like nonprofits can do really powerful things. Small businesses can do really powerful things. Like there are problems. We have plenty of problems that the government cannot solve, will not solve, doesn't give a shit about solving. And even if they did, they couldn't like we cannot legislate and regulate our way out of every spiritual and mental and emotional ill that we have as a society.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the truth. And it brings me back to that saying that that I really realized was fucking true as well as nobody's coming to save you like this, this attitude of always waiting on a savior is so destructive um, and it keeps people, you know, kind of energetically castrated, I would go as far to say, because that really what it is is a cop-out because freedom is scary. I'll admit that it's hard. It's something that we're not used to. It's, you know, we have to learn all these things that our ancestors knew off the top, but we haven't had to know any of it because we've lived in these worlds of convenience. So it's like, it's scary to have to take on and learn new stuff. But it's like, well, what's the alternative? Because I mean, I would believe somebody being unaware of this at this point with the way that, you know, the weird algorithms work that everybody's hypnotized by. But for the most part, I think most people can see that this society not only is going off the rails is going to fail. But if you understand, even just from an economic standpoint, the way that the United States works, It's built to fail. Like, our whole system is built on fucking fraud. And, like, everybody that holds it up in power. Various forms of financial debt. It's a hundred. Literally, fractional reserve banking is fraud. That's what it is. It's fake. It's not real, so like built on a Ponzi scheme, yeah, which, is, which are always doomed to fail.
1: <laughs> like, yeah,
0: it's 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 nuts, and and it is it is designed to fail, and then they have a something in place waiting for us, which we I guess we'll get to another time or whatever. Well, you know, look up Fed now; it's coming into life. and you won't like it, so, but <laughs> you should know about bad. it. It's <laughs> awful; you should look at yeah, it. Yeah, no, you should because it's gonna. Affect, I don't care who you are if you ha- use currency to you know, if you have to buy anything in your life, it's going to change your life. So you you might want to, um, you know, not get, you know, taken by surprise on that one. (laughs) Uh, so, and that's another reason why I think there's so much in the news right now, of like just getting everybody nuts. It's even hard for me to log on to social media. Like, even if I'm just going on to like answer a message or promote a song or talk to somebody about a show or whatever, it's like, I get there and it's just this, this, this nightmare. Of like really really even for me it's so triggering that my heart rate just goes up and i'm angry instantly and it's just like my god like the heat's really being turned up and that's another thing to kind of consider is like when people want you so mentally chaotic where you can't think clearly there's a reason for that this is not this never happens by accident so like what you know what is really going on and like what can we as a people do and what should we as a people not do I think something great that we as a people could do just basic 101 is just recognize that we the people is still a fucking thing because it is yes so I mean I don't know I could go off on like here's this 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 but I know that we've, we've talked a lot so I mean, like, what would you feel like you want to add, like, other avenues or points or whatever? I know that we, like, had a lot to
1: talk about. No, I think just, I feel for, I think a lot of people still are basing the way they view things off the assumption that media, government, all of them, like, have your best interest at heart. And, I mean, I guess I won't go off on a tangent Mm -hmm. about, like, a list of things to, like, research, but... (laughs) <laughs> the proof is there like
0: we can put no, it in I don't the discussion about you but like
1: our we're, we live in a country that wages arguably more psychological warfare on its own people or are as much or more than some of the most dictatorial like tyrannical governments mm-hmm. in our world and so divorce yourself do yourself a favor and divorce yourself of any illusion that the government and media and corporate elites are just trying to do right by you Um, ultimately, I think that if I had to boil it down to one thing, it'd be just personal responsibility, take a personal responsibility, um, figure out your own economy, like your own way to create a parallel economy, um, to get free, to just set yourself up for the best possible future in whatever way that looks like for you, because nobody's going to do it for you. Um, like I did, you mentioned homeschool. I came home from, I've, I've been researching homeschool. Ours are still toddlers, but I've been researching it because I'm like, I always want to have choices. I always want to have options. I never want to be so controlled ever again that, and that includes financially that like, we don't have options, um, for what to do with our lives. And so I've been looking into it anyway. My husband was very much of like a, no, we're not going to have homeschool weirdos. I was like, dude, I was homeschooled. I'm not, he married a homeschooler, but anyway, that's awesome. <laughs> came home and, um, just like wrecked over what was happening. His oldest daughter went to that fucking school. Um, and he was like, where, seriously, in this world we live in, where are kids possibly ever gonna be safe? And I was like, with us, ultimately. And he was like, "That's that's it we'll homeschool our kids. And is that going to be easy? Do I love the idea of like, (laughs) it's a bunch of trade-offs, like life is full of a bunch of trade-offs, but that's something that we have decided we're not willing to make the trade-off of their safety and outsourcing, not just their education, but their safety to the Mm -hmm. state. We're just not comfortable with that proposition. And so is it, you know, do we have to make some trade-offs there and like how we do other parts of our lives? Yeah, but... Like that's where it's, it's on our shoulders. Like it's our responsibility to determine we're not sitting here like, like riding on picketing signs, like demanding that the government figure it out for us and make, make us safe and make us successful and make us do well in our lives. Because I don't believe that that's ever an
0: expectation that's reasonable to have of our government. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. And then um, to the people out there who maybe are in a situation where like, let's say that you're a single mom, you have multiple children. um You know, you're still living in this city. Like you're not like off the grid yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I understand how fucking it minus the kids. I understand how I t- do It's hard enough for me to even get out of the city. I'm like, damn, like I cannot get ahead. It's crazy. So if you're in a situation like that and you do feel like you want to homeschool your children, um just so you know, there are communities of parents mothers whatever that like they all share the load because you know for whatever reason they they might not have the ability to like just you know do that off the bat so if you want to be in touch with people like that and find out who in your local area is doing that and you know they kind of I don't know exactly how they do it but they're it's, it's pretty organized they like have a framework for it And it's just people that want their kids out of the school system. And so they'll like, you know, kind of trade, like where the kids are when, and, you know, they kind of all help each other. So if you do, I could try to get better resources as well, specifically for that, because I know those exist, but off the top of my head, um, if you don't have the telegram app, download it, it's free. And then go to a website called freedomcells.org and you anywhere in the world, you can find like who in your local area is on the freedom cells website. So you can contact them directly, but you can also be like, let's say you live in Seattle, Washington. So you would go there, pick Seattle, Washington, and there will be a telegram group for everybody that is of like mind and is kind of wanting to you know, be more free and and take their life more into their own hands and not be as, you know, involved in, you know, the crumbling empire that we're watching right now. So you go into that, you go into that telegram group, there's probably going to be, could be anywhere from like 50 people to like maybe a thousand. I have no idea. It depends on the area. Um, I'm in several of those groups for uh, the state of Tennessee because, you know, Tennessee split middle, West and East. And so, um, it's, it's incredibly helpful. Like I've met amazing people and, you know, they're really, really chill. So you could always try that and just go into one of those groups and just be like, are there any moms that know about, you know, resources for this? This is my situation, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's something, that's just something for the people that might be listening to this and being like, well, how the, how the hell do I do that? I would, uh, I would start there because I know that like a lot of what we're talking about does require multiple people and resources. And like, sometimes we're just one person being like, where the hell do I even start? I'm I'm still trying to figure a bunch out. And I never, (laughs) I have such a heart for
1: people with like really limiting circumstances. So I never want to be dismissive of anybody's unique struggles and limitations but I swear to God, like whatever you're, we've talked about this, whatever you're looking for does exist. Mm-hmm. It does exist somewhere. You're not, you, you're not the only person who wants the thing that you want. Other people want it too. And have like, people are figuring out that that's the exact way to go about it is like, ask how and look for other people who are looking for how, because I promise you other people are paving the way to, <laughs> to exactly what you're looking for. It exists
0: hundred percent. And like, let's say that you want something that doesn't exist where you are, then like, Oh, maybe you guys are going to be the ones to build it. You know what I mean? And then then your adventure starts, but yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, I, I have literally, they're, they're very successful and like well set now. So like, I didn't see them when they started, but there's some of these people have stories of like, it was literally just them and their kids or just them. And they started with like next to nothing and just took a risk and I understand all of our circumstances are different, but, um, we, we often live in a world where it's like, if we can't immediately see where the step into the unknown is going to land us, we just write it off as impossible. Or like the, you know, the egoic mind that doesn't like to go anywhere. It hasn't already been is going to come in to try to protect us from risk and say, here's all the reasons why you can't do it. So just like be aware of that. Like it, there are, I'm not saying it's easy, but it is possible. Like, so just try not to, I know it's a lot that we just said, but try not to get discouraged. And I will, um, I will be putting how to get a hold of both of us on our different channels and all that kind of stuff. And I'll put the freedom cells, uh, resource in there as well. So if you guys like have more questions or want to see more content or want to, you know, Get on to Telegram where we we're able to speak much more freely on that platform than we are on like Meta, you know, like Instagram and Facebook and shit. Um, I would encourage that as well. So I will try to leave as much resources and ways to contact the both of us as well in the description box of wherever you're listening to this episode. Awesome, so, awesome. Well, do you have anything else you want to add to that? No, I think. I think. In. awesome all right so cool well yeah thanks you guys for listening to everybody who has made it this far um i have no idea i i know that this is on rumble 100 and i know <laughs> i know that this is on audio only i just don't know if we're still with, pro- well we're definitely not still with youtube okay <laughs> at what point do you think we lost i think it was probably like 20 maybe 15 minutes in
1: do you yeah. that I,
0: I don't know i'll have to check yeah. time <laughs> like, i think as soon as we started talking about vaccines that's when and no because we'll they will do be i've yeah. already got my fucking shit i've had whole episodes removed bro yeah. it's bullshit okay all right bye you guys bye. see you hopefully in real life okay Bye. <laughs> <laughs>